0: So we're keeping an eye on the situation in Eastern Europe and all kinds of developments. And it sounds like there's a full propaganda offensive coming out of Russia. And U.S. President Joe Biden said this morning that uh, the U.S. is convinced that Russia could still invade Ukraine within days Russia has kicked out the number two diplomat at the U.S. Embassy in Moscow. Back and forth it goes. There were reports that troops were being pulled back from the border with Ukraine. And then there were reports last night that, no, in fact, there were more troops brought in along the border with Ukraine. So attention remains extremely high in that region. And as you know, it's gone a long, um, I'm going to say almost a month now as we've seen the buildup. And... uh, Last week was sort of a tipping point where we saw most of the Western countries, UK, US, Canada, saying to their personnel and their citizens in Ukraine, OK, it's time for you to go. Well, you still can. Get out of here. One of the people who did, in fact, leave is Nick Hynek, who is now Burton, was in Ukraine, uh, teaching. Nick joins us now. Hi, Nick. Thanks for your time. Appreciate you joining us. Hey, no worries. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so just give us some idea. Where were you and what were you doing
1: there? So I was in Kiev teaching at a Canadian international school um, for since August. Okay. Um, so I was currently living there um, up until about, yeah, February 1st is when was the day that I decided to uh, fly back home. So not even two I weeks said.
0: ago, or just over two weeks ago. Um,
1: yeah. What was it like? I mean, when
0: you got there, obviously, this sort of seemed to come up over, like I say, the last month or two kind of things where it got really serious. So what was it like as this sort of built over the weeks and
1: months until we got to the point where you decided to leave? You know what? It was it was kind of interesting because we, we knew about the situation because we have, obviously, families with... And we have, like, the access to Western media, but then we have access to Eastern media. So we kind of see both sides of it, right? Yeah. And I would say the beginning of January, uh, they started to come up, talk about with well, all these Russian troops that massing at the border. And there was a lot of talk uh, locally. It's like, well, they just did this. I mean, this is kind of like the same idea that they did in 2014 when they invaded Crimea, right? Yep. Um, and the timeline was the same. Like the Olymp- uh, they invaded after the Olympics. The Olympics are happening now. So everything is kind of like looking exactly the same as 2014. And then that's where things started to get, you know, a little dicey I would say. So um but you know what the people of Kiev remain cool.
0: That's what um, I was wondering cool. because I keep seeing reports from people I mean reporters that I follow that are over there right now that people are going to the opera, people are out for dinner. It looks like they're really sort of taking this in stride and the concern level they have doesn't seem to match some of the rhetoric we're hearing.
1: No. And I mean, you know what? That's that's the thing. It's like my my last two weeks there, we were going out and, you know, going to restaurants, going to shows and stuff like that. Like, it really wasn't a big deal, because if you live in fear the whole time, how is that going to help? Yeah. How is it going to help anyone? Right. And, you know, the Ukrainian people have been at this war for eight years. I mean, they've been invaded already. Yeah. So, you know, they're used to it. They get it. But they can't just live in fear the whole time. And, you know, even their president came on and said, guys, we can't live in fear until something happens. We can't. You can't just, you know, stop what we're doing. We have to enjoy our everyday life, and that's kind of how things are there.
0: Your experience as a Canadian, were you involved? Like, was the embassy in contact with you? Were you hearing from consular staff? Like, how did you sort of keep uh, uh, abreast of what Canadian officials were saying and what they were recommending? How does that work?
1: Mm -hmm. So, when I moved there, uh, I signed up with the embassy, and I think anyone who moves across the world or to another country, you need to sign up with your embassy because a situation like this, I wouldn't got the information that was necessary okay. for me to make my decision, right? Um, I would say the first email they sent out was January, uh, like early November, that said, hey, there's a massing of troops at the border. And then halfway, mid-January, they said, okay, listen up, here's the situation. There's Russian aggression happening. You need to consider whether your presence is essential. This was January 24th. Okay. And I kind of looked at that and said, okay, well, am I essential? I mean, like, yeah, I'm a teacher. I mean, like, I'm essential to my school, my staff, <laughs> my kids, like, of course. But, like, you know, like, what is considered essential? Yeah. So I email back the embassy and say, hey, guys, like, what's, uh, can you be a little more clear on this? Because, you know, we as Canadians, we want to know we're safe, right? Yeah. So, uh, And then a week later, they give another email that says, no, you need to leave while commercial means are available. So February 1st, they sent that email and I was already on my way home by then. I made my decision, so.
0: Yeah, why? Why did you decide, okay, I mean, like you say, people were taking it in stride. You were going out, you were having dinners, things like that. What was the thing that made you say, you know what, I'm going to get out of here?
1: You know what? It was, a lot of it was like the family and friends back home. You know what? They were really concerned for me. Um, And you know what? She At the end of the day, you got to take it seriously. Like anything could happen, Yeah. right? Me moving there, I didn't have a vehicle. I didn't have, you know, really any means to get out if something was to happen I would have been a sitting duck you know I don't have family close by or anywhere so I literally would have been stuck there so I think that was one of the biggest reasons because I didn't have a plan b c or d right my only option was to go home in case something was to happen right so what's the plan
0: now I mean are you, have you just severed all ties or are you still in touch with people or are you still doing the work can you do the
1: work virtually what's the what's going on now uh, well, the beauty of uh, our pandemic here has really opened up the digital teaching <laughs> universe. And uh, let me tell you, Shay, teaching at 2 a.m. every day is not ideal. Um, <laughs> but I, because Ukraine's nine hours ahead, right? Yeah. So I'm teaching at 2 a.m. till 8 a.m. So I just finished my lessons for the day. Oh, boy. Uh, so this is usually my sleep time, but uh, <laughs> I'm happy to be here talking to you. But you know what? It's it's doable. It's manageable. Uh, it's kind of like working at the night shift. So. Yeah. For all my Alberta nurses out there, I feel you guys. I understand now. You guys, you guys are the real heroes of this pandemic. So, and for now, you just do it this way, and, and like everybody
0: else, wait and see what happens here. I guess, hey. Eh?
1: Pretty, pretty much. I mean, you know, lots the students I see in Ukraine are slowly starting to like, you know, uh, leave the school, leave the country. So, so it's kind of a mixed bag of emotions yeah. right now. No one knows what's happening, and you know, we're gonna play it by ear and you know, hope for the best and. You know, I hope nothing happens.
0: Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And like you say, nobody knows. Nobody seems to know. It's really confusing. So, Nick, thank you so yeah. much. Great insight. I really appreciate it. Thanks for talking to us.
1: Oh, no worries, Shay. My
0: pleasure. Thank you so much. That is Nick Hynek, an Albertan who is teaching in Ukraine, as you heard, up until uh, not just about two weeks ago, when finally he decided, okay, enough is enough. It's time for me to go.